Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 21, Julie and Natalie's giant, enormous art collaboration project thing, recorded on August 25th, 2014. My name is Julie Fafan Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Schubalzer. Hi, Mom. Hi, Julie. So today's podcast is going to be a little bit different than usual because you're hosting it, right? I think that means I'm in charge. (laughs) When are you not in charge is really the question (laughs) that I'm wondering about. Um, We do have a guest, of course, and our guest today is Miss Natalie Callback. Hi, Nat. Hi. Um, So before we get started, so far I've let you do a lot of hosting, Mom. I'm very proud of myself. But before we get started, I just want to explain how today is a little bit different than normal. Um, So Natalie and I are about to embark on a huge year-long art project together, which is why the title of this episode is Julie and Natalie's Giant Enormous Art Collaboration Project Thing which is a little bit of a mouthful. Um, And so to kick off this year-long collaborative art project that we're working on, we thought we would spend a week at my mom's house. So we're actually in my mom's house in three different rooms recording this podcast at this moment. That That must be what you meant when you said I'm hosting. Yes, exactly, because <laughs> you're, you're literally hosting us. Um, but so basically, um, we thought we would talk a little bit, today's Monday, about the project and the, our intentions for it. And then on Friday, after we've been doing it for a little while, we would um, come back and talk a little bit about what had happened. So Natalie, I'm actually going to turn it over to you. And was, I was, ho- was hoping you could start to sort of explain how we started to come up with this idea of the this thing that we haven't explained to anybody what it is. And just let me know when the hosting kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that was it. Good job, Mom. Thank you. Good start. <laughs> um, well, we have been working on a couple of projects um, for many years together, but it was usually some things where we actually uh, just dabbled in our own rooms after we came up with uh, an idea. I think we did the, what was it called, the second floor challenge like two years ago where we each had uh, a certain topic and then we both would uh, force to a certain time had to come up with a project around that theme and then we would post it both at the same time at a blog. But when I was um, looking at, I, I think it was uh, actually it manifested when I was in Philadelphia at the Andy um, Warhol Sorry. <laughs> Museum. Sorry. <laughs> and um, I was I was uh, looking at some things where he collaborated with a couple other artists, and the way how he did it was that everyone left their mark on a, on a canvas. So. They would. He would start off. Each of them would start off with a canvas and painted something, and then they would pass it around in a circle and gave it to the next artist, and then they would do something to it. And in the end, there was this like ginormous or you know medium-sized canvas with all those like different really amazing artists doing something to it, and it became one piece of art. But you could still see everyone's handwriting in it and when I was like looking into other artists there have been other you know collaborations of that sort of thing and I thought it would be a great idea maybe to do that with uh, Julie and then we both talked about it and spun our idea a little bit further. Yeah because I think around the same time that you had seen that 
I had been out in um, Colorado and I had gone to a gallery show that my friend Rhonda um, Palazzari brought me to um, by an artist named Michael Gatlin and two of his friends and they had all these collaborative pieces and afterwards Rhonda and I had talked about how um, I, I hate to say this I probably shouldn't have said the name of the artist before I said <laughs> this but how some of them just didn't work. Um, for you. For me. For me. Again, for me. Yes. Some of them didn't work for me because even though all three artists are insanely talented and way more talented than I'll ever be, the question for me always in collaborative art is it has to necessarily need the other person's art to be whole. And what I saw a lot of times in the art that they were doing is that it would be like a triptych, meaning three pieces of art that were hung together, but they didn't need each other. Like each mm-hmm. piece was fine individually. Um, and so I was really interested because they were starting to work on a single piece together. And I thought, well, that's really interesting because the question is, how do you blend who has the final say? And actually, Rondo recently went to another exhibition that the three of them had and said that in there, since the time I saw it, they definitely developed in terms of being able to work together. And I thought that was really interesting. So Nat and I had a sleepover, as all girls must, no matter how old you may be. <laughs> Uh, when Nat's husband is out of town, then we get to get together and have a sleepover. Um, I did curl her hair during the sleepover, but we also <laughs> hatched some big art plans. And among them, like we wanted, we started talking a lot about just the nature of collaboration, you know, and does collaboration sort of necessarily change your art? And um, it's so I, I think our original uh, theory is was or is was I don't know that we are going to basically try to work on several different kinds of collaborative art. So we wanted to work on art that we actually work on in the same space, on the same canvas at the same time. So that's a little bit like you were talking about with that Warhol. And it actually reminds me of Nat and I took a class recently at um, the Museum of Modern Art in New York at MoMA. And there we learned a lot about the incredible lifetime collaboration between um, Rauschenberg and Jasper Johns. Mm -hmm. And I remember there's that one piece called The Bed of his, which in fact has some Cy Twombly in it too. And it's just interesting to see how they influence each other. But that's a total tangent, which I suppose we could talk about another time. Anyway, the kind of art that we said that we were going to do is so working on the same canvas at the same time and then also um, working on pieces that we – in our own studio separately, but that are the same piece, like you give it back and forth between each other. And then also pieces just by ourselves, sort of almost as a – what is the word I'm looking for? But it's like, uh, it's not a placebo. It's a control group. Uh... Th- yeah, it's a control group. Thank you, mom. Excellent hosting job so far. Um, <laughs> but yes, as a control to sort of see how we develop over the year, if the collaboration, which I assume it will necessarily changes how we make art. Does that sound like a fair representation, Nat? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I think so. And I wanted to just add, I don't know if that's important, but I think... Um, what struck me a lot in the Warhol uh, exhibition was that he was like totally into printmaking when he did that collaboration and he came kind of like back through it to actual painting. And I wonder, you know, what, what kind of like impact that might have on our uh, way of doing art. So it's like an individual thing and a collaboration thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that is the thing when you do anything collaborative, if mm-hmm. you have to assume that it somehow 
necessarily is going to change you. So I'm curious about what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I, we haven't actually talked about this at all, but Natalie texted me and she was like, am I supposed to bring any art supplies with me? And I was like, well, there's a Michaels nearby. <laughs> we can get what we need and there's stuff around and why schlep it. Um, but you did bring something in your suitcase and I know I brought something in mine. So what did you, we haven't talked about it yet. I made you not tell me at lunch. <laughs> yeah. She, so. she was like strangling me and said, if you tell, <laughs> you will die. No, she yes, didn't. I said it exactly <laughs> like that. No. So what did you bring? Um, so I was very limited because I had only my carry on. And so I was like thinking, Hmm, how about like I start off with just what's there? but that didn't work. <laughs> I got scared. So anyway, I only brought like uh, five little tubes of Liquitex matte acrylic paints because I've never tried the matte ones. So I wanted to see how that how they work. And I also brought my sketchbook and a pencil and I think one marker and oh, my art, a small art journal, like a very small art journal. So that's about it. What is the marker that you brought? It's a Liquitex acrylic paint marker, which I kind of feel I can't live without. What color is it? <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, I think I brought the green one, but I might have brought the black one. I'm not sure right now, to be honest. Hmm, interesting. Well, I too had a hysterical time leaving stuff behind and I went through lots of like, oh, I should bring this, I should bring this. And I finally had to t- shove myself out the door and say, stop it. <laughs> Um, so I brought three things. So I brought my daily art journal because I figured I was going to work in it anyway. Um, I brought a jelly plate <laughs> because I can't live without it. Although I realize now I'm not sure I brought a brayer. So I hope there's a brayer somewhere in this house or Michael's is nearby. Um, and the third thing I brought is my super art crutch which is I brought some painted deli paper because it's mm. just – it's like the automatic art shortcut, which is to say – one of the reasons I love mixed media collage is because it's like painting with cheating because you get to – So you want to start off with cheating already? I want to start off with <laughs> cheating because you get to collage in things you've already painted and so it looks like you've done a ton of work, but you were like, boom, I did this in two seconds. Oh, man, you're faster than me then and you're going to be like, I jelly printed, made it like really fast and now it's your turn and I'm going to be like, oh, great, let me get This my- is not a competition. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Where's if it my was, marker? <laughs> if it were a competition, I'd be winning, but it's not a competition. <laughs> Thanks, anyway. Eileen, for the reminder. <laughs> that was actually very important. <laughs> um, so those are, I mean, those, those are really like my art crutches at the moment. I like, I had a hard time not bringing like my beloved Scarlet Lime pen, which I just found out they're no longer, there are none of them left I in the world. It. I have Oh, you do? Me. I forgot to mention it. Oh, well, I guess you're not going home with it. Uh, and there are a couple other things I was sad to leave behind, but I am trying to let go of some of my crutches because one of the things I think is going to be interesting about this collaboration is the idea of letting go of um, crutches and pushing yourself. And I know that one of the things that we talked about at lunch um, in re just the idea of pushing yourself is that I said I, I really didn't want to blog about this project um, as we went. Like I said, occasionally if there's stuff to blog about, great. But I don't want to have it be like a requirement of the project because I need it to not have the pressure of being stuff that is showable. You right. Know? We also don't want to have this like, yeah, I want to enjoy it in a way that is like – in a way, when you go to a MoMA class and you say, uh, you know, I want to learn something, but it's also enjoyable. 
And like, if we would do it with blog posts, you had this like deadline and you're like, oh gosh, I have to get to it. And I, I think it would take out a lot of fun and it would also ultimately not have the same results in the end for us. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's it's not that, I mean, I like writing my blog posts, but at the same time, the problem, I think, on a project like this is I want to be able to fail miserably and to make ugly things and to, you know what I mean, like, do stuff that I, and also, I think, to, it's not just the idea of failing, but it's also, I want to not have to process everything, because I think Mm -hmm. when I put together a blog post, I feel like I need to somehow say something about the art, you know, be, say something thoughtful, or, you know, talk about the process, and I'm not sure that I'll be ready to do it, because I'm really hoping that for both of us, this will be a a growing experience. Right. But who knows? Here's here's a, a question. So in your previous life, Julie, in the theater, of course, theater is extremely collaborative, Mm. Uh, not just because there are multiple actors, but there are a lot of designers, there's a lot of technical people, and so you are used to working collaboratively in that environment, but normally one thinks of an artist as being a solitary figure. Mm -hmm you know, putting his or her own vision on the canvas. So the question is, what do you expect? Okay, well, first, I have two totally contradictory statements to give that have nothing to do with the question you asked. Okay. (laughs) Why should this be different than any other conversation we've ever had? Okay, so they actually are related to the question you asked, but tangentially, which is basically to say, A, one of the interesting things I find about – I actually picked up the art career from my theater career partially because I was sick of the collaboration because it was starting to feel like a burden. It was starting to feel like I had to motivate 40 people constantly and be like a cheerleader as opposed to – and I felt very unnourished. And I wanted to be able to do something where I didn't need those people and I didn't have to motivate them to do stuff. Hmm. So it's interesting to me now to feel like I really am seeking collaboration because it's like I had to get past that sense of people – uh, of needing to motivate people in that collaboration. So then, so that's one answer. All right, not but then really that collaboration, question. you were in charge because you were yes. the director. Yes. And I assume in this one, neither of you is in charge. Well, Julie will feel like she's in charge when we get out. <laughs> no, I just follow quietly 10 paces behind that. Um, no, I mean, I think that is true, which is it's also a, a, a collaboration that's different. But one of the things I also think is that we do think of artists as solitary, but the truth of the matter is in the history of art, artists are actually extraordinarily collaborative. And I, I think a great in, in, example of that is the famous Picasso and Brock Cubist mm-hmm. paintings that look almost identical. Um, and they were done on, in two different countries. Um, and the part of the reason that they're so similar is a because that stuff was in the air, but b Picasso and Brock were writing letters back and forth to each other about thoughts that they were having about art and things that they were experimenting with. So even though they never saw what each other was doing, you know, at that time, I, at the, they were collaborating in a sense because they were pushing and egging each other on, and that's why those paintings look almost identical, and yet they were created by two very different artists in two different countries, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think the collaboration that you see um, 
you know, all through like the rise of modern art, certainly in the New York City area, that's artists who were seeing each other at the bar and seeing each other Mm -hmm. everywhere else. And I think, you know, one of the things that our teacher that we had at MoMA was saying is he was lamenting the fact that, you know, I mean, let's not put super rosy glasses on living in a cold water flat somewhere in New York City, but at the same time, you know, you were constantly talking to a dancer and an actor and a writer and another artist and a, you know, and a painter and a collage artist. And so you were constantly collaborating with them, even if it wasn't formal, because you were passing ideas back and forth. And nowadays in New York, you know, there, there just aren't those same enclaves of artists like that because of rents. It's just insane. And people have to get further and further you know, spread you, out. You also, I also feel like um, I was just um, at a at a conference. Um, um, it was uh, it was a Michael's leadership conference, but I was traveling for Liquitex with two other artists that were like um, doing a lot with watercolors, and it the, just like talking with them after you know after we worked at the booth and um, about art and their thoughts and everything. I also thought like it's so extremely uh, inspiring. I came back from that trip just from talking with those two artists, and I felt like I want to rush into my studio and do something. And that's what what the solitary thing is like where you feel sometimes extremely lonely is when you're in your own studio and you're working there the whole day and you you have, you know, nobody to kind of like who's doing the same thing and kind of like gives you, even if you're not talking about the art itself, the artwork, like some sort of impulse that takes you further in your in your work at that moment. Yeah, I've long had the dream of having a large studio outside of my house, but more and more I hear from artists who have outside studios that that really having a shared studio space um, or at least having a studio within a building that's full of artists is really a more ideal situation than just having a space because there's something about that exposure, while not a formal collaboration, I think it's an influence if a collaboration can be called mm-hmm. something like that. That's what they did. Uh, so in Jersey City, there's this um, museum. It's called Manor, and it's uh, it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing museum um, with a collection of modern art and great exhibitions. But one of the things is they also have residency artists, and then you can apply for like three months uh, to get studio space there. And they built also a really nice restaurant and they made everything kind of open so that you could watch the artists working and everybody can kind of like pass through the studios. And then the restaurant is there so that the, their uh, artists when they have their lunch or whatever meal, they kind of like meet each other. And then it, eventually uh ends in collaboration or ideas or you know things they work together so it's like i think that's the thought behind it so they still have their own studio but they have this like meeting point where they can go and and just have the uh possibility to be exposed to each other i think that's great that modern workplace one of the ways that you distinguish it, the 21st century workplace, is that there's collaboration. And I think it it would be hard to be any profession, whether it's doctor or whatever, and never talk to anybody else who was working in your same field mm-hmm. or related fields. 
And I wonder if it means we have to change our idea of what it is to be an artist because we have this vision of the artist as someone who might be slightly crazy, uh, strangely brilliant and eccentric, living only in his or her own mind and kind of separate from the world. And I think that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, but in, then it's also like when you look at the 60s, 50s and 60s and uh, at the New York School, right, where you had people like Rauschenberg and Jones and uh, like being influenced by John Cage and all these uh, artists. Yeah, no, I think that's important. And I think we right. need to, to recognize that you don't have to be just in your own mind right. as the only resource for your art. Well, I think it's interesting because people go crazy about copying, which I totally understand, and you should not copy other people. But I, I think that in it, you're missing a step, which is there's necessarily influence and also just sometimes stuff is in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, an idea is in the air, a pattern's in the air, a, you know, whatever it is. And I think, you know, when you start getting super protective about this is mine, one of the things that happens is you limit collaboration. You know, when you're scared of giving, giving of yourself, of your art, of your ideas, I think you end up sort of walling yourself in and really closing yourself down instead of opening up to all the exciting, interesting things that are out there. I mean, I do think that one of the issues with, may I make an enormous a statement about society in general? Can we stop you? <laughs> no. Uh, which is that... Um, you know, I think as we become more and more sort of like stuck to our phones and stuck in like Facebook and stuck in whatever, instead of like actually interacting, talking, whatever it is, I do think you lose a lot of stuff in that. And this is one of the reasons that like I love taking art classes in person. I Mm -hmm. love it. Even a bad in-person art class is worth the money to me because it means I get to talk to other people who are like me. I get to see the tools that they're using. I get to do you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I obviously I do take online classes. I just signed up for one the other day, actually, um, and they're great. But I really I need that human contact, that kind of working in the same space, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to get back to the the excellent question that our host asked earlier about expectations. <laughs> Um, what is my expectation for this week? Uh, if I'm being a hundred percent truthful, it's that we'll probably eat a lot and do a lot of talking and there'll be some art made along the way. <laughs> um, I think that's probably a very... Will we have hummus and tzatziki <laughs> on our go. canvases? That's the yes. big question. Yes. I mean, that's a very realistic version. <laughs> Ignore the Cheeto crumbs in my art. Um, so I think that will definitely happen. Um, but I also think that... I expect that Nat and I will both start from our sort of safety zones, doing stuff that we feel comfortable with. And then my hope is that over time, we'll each take a little from each other, um, you know, and become stronger and better, more interesting artists. And it is interesting because in some ways, Nat and I are similar artists and in some ways we're very different. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. I don't know what that's going to be. What are your Mm -hmm. expectations, Natalie? Yeah, um, that's a good question. No, <laughs> I think um, not even the... my question. Good I job, know Mom. that's why it's a good question. No kidding. Aww. Oh, that was mean. I love you. <laughs> Sorry. Take this out, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I um, 
I think one of the there's two parts. Like one of them is probably that um, I I have a lot of respect for your artwork and I really like it and I um, kind of like want to see how that's gonna work in you know just go into something that you made and change it. I mean, in a way, we did that when we were in our art house in California and we uh, did a circle with our art journal and we passed it around. Um, but I, f- I think it's going to be interesting how I'm uh, going to feel like I can make a mark on something that you made and which I might even say, oh, that's beautiful. I don't want to change it. And then on the other hand, maybe something that I was doing or thinking in uh, something that I started or, you know, put something on the canvas uh, and I might even like get attached to it. And then you come over and you maybe, you know, Ruin it over. It. Yeah, exactly. So how... <laughs> How how this like letting go thing, you know what I mean? Like and and um, also because we're so close friends, I think that's part of it. Why I think it will work, but I also think it might uh, it might become sometimes you have to be careful that it's not hurtful. Do you know what I mean? Like that it's not an assessment. Like I stab of your, you with a paintbrush. That would be extremely rude if you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like that. It's that it is that it is what we agreed on and we do that and it has you know it has nothing to do with the valuation of your how would i put it um you know it's not like i painted over this part because it it's it was ugly. terrible yes <laughs> this was ugly because you exactly. did no but i also think like that's one of the reasons that we also both agreed to the idea that So we basically said, like, we're going to meet once a month and spend, like, a couple hours working on art together. Again, probably mostly eating and talking, but (laughs) making some art together. Um, And then we'll also work on stuff independently. And at that meeting, we'll pass stuff back and forth. But one of the things that we agreed on, as I recall, is we said that um, at any time, either of us could remove something from the stuff that we're passing back and forth and call it done Mm -hmm. and put it to the side. Right, and we you don't know. have to acknowledge that. And I think we all, I'm not sure if we're going to make that, but um, one of the ideas that you can tell from us talking about it, we kind of like scheme it out here. We wanted to keep a journal, each of us, and maybe like even rep- like write down what we were thinking when we received some certain artwork from the other person or when we were doing something and then kind of like see where that went. Yeah, and that's I think that's really exciting. Actually, we bought two fresh new notebooks today just so that the whole process we could journal and really keep track of where things were because we figured that we would forget it by the end and we wanted to – you know, sometimes with your own progress, it's very hard to see it because you're so close to it. But we thought that if we kept records along the way that we'd be able to see how we changed our minds, we changed our ideas. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Who gets what artwork at the end? Oh, see, now you're just causing problems, Mom. There's obviously going to be a fight to the death. <laughs> we were all like really good off right now, and now you're like really. I don't know. No, I think I I I think uh, whoever takes it first out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Arm wrestling. I know. I don't know. I think we'll have to figure it out, work it out. Worst case scenario, you can always make a print. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think have, we will. Or you we can will. have a timeshare. <laughs> It's a point system. Exactly. No, I think we will we will agree on like you know if we both like one piece and then the other, then you cut can, it you in get half. One. I was gonna say just like Solomon will cut the baby <laughs> in half. 
There you go. I want this half. Oh, no. Okay. Let it go. I'm the better person. Well, also, since we're passing a lot of art back and forth, we decided that we would work really on a lot of flat surfaces, paper, maybe unstretched canvas, et cetera, just because carrying canvases around New York City and New Jersey is not the most awesome thing to do. Not really. So (laughs) um, I think we'll end up doing a lot of that, which should also What? That won't solve the problem. Well, no, I just mean because paper or flat art is easier to make like a print or a whatever so that you can both sort of have it. Which actually uh, like says we're going to make some awesome pieces. That's what she wanted to say. Oh, that's true, Mom. I'm glad right? you have so much exactly faith in us. What I was you say. know what? We'll be willing to sell you a piece at the yes. end. Yes. <laughs> exactly. We, we both will agree that we will sell you a piece if you well, like you it. Well, you can that pay much. for your room and board for this week with our... Oh, okay. I take oh, that back. Oh, I take that oh, back. I, Thank oh, you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we will be back in uh, a week, uh, although for you it will seem like two seconds to tell you exactly what happened and how much food we ate so thanks nat thanks mom and let's meet back here in a couple days bye bye hey so we're back it is actually thursday august 28th at about uh, 10 45 in the evening so nat and i have had several days of exploring and art making and fighting and uh, otherwise enjoying ourselves um, so we're back to tell you a little bit about what happened. And um, I think the first thing is Nat actually listened to the first half of the podcast, which neither mom or I have done. So she sort of remembers what we talked about. And I thought maybe, Nat, we could kick it off with you saying uh, sort of where you are now that you remember where we were. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we talked in the first half about our expectations expectations and I just wanted to see um, what they were but anyway we did uh, we did our week uh, and spent the time uh, we did not incredibly a lot but um, kind of some um, so most of the time we worked actually on our individual pieces that we then passed when we thought they were at a certain stage done to each other and then finally today we actually started to work on two bigger canvas pieces um, where we work together at the same time. Yeah, and actually, I want to go back to one thing you said. So first of all, Nat said that we didn't get much done, (laughs) which is and isn't true. I mean, I think one of the things that we were talking about is I think our expectation when we first started this project is that we would wake up in the morning and we would make art and then we would go to bed and that would be like, we would spend like, you know, 15 hours a day doing it. And in reality, I think what ended up happening is there was a lot of shopping and talking and swimming and eating and (laughs) hanging out um, and other stuff in between. I mean, we did make art every single day. It's just it tended to be for a couple hours, you know, three hours here, two hours there, as opposed to like long, steady, serious um, art marathons. Um, and how do, how do you, looking back now, Nat, how do you feel about that choice? Uh, I think it was great. I think it was much needed. And, um, although we are, uh, really close friends, I think it definitely helped, uh, getting through some tense situations, which I'm sure we will talk later about. Um, and I, I'm not sure if we didn't have so much fun in between, you know, stuffing, uh, food into our mouths at every possible moment and then try to look 
gorgeous and new dresses and skirts, you know, <laughs> and then feeling guilty and swim it off in the pool. Um, you know, without that, I don't think, you know, <laughs> it would have been so good. No, I, I really f- thought it was, it was all part of it and we were in a good mood and it was great. So no, for me, it was good. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, this morning I showed Nat a quote that I saw on Instagram from John Lennon, which is um, time that you enjoyed wasting was not actually wasted, which I think is true. And I also think, you know, one of the things that happens to me a lot is when I get stuck in my work or I'm way behind on deadlines and stuff, I I tend to just want to like put my head down and push through. But actually, in reality, I often find that by like walking around, going out for a couple hours, which seems counterintuitive, I actually sort of unlock some stuff and end up doing a little bit uh, better Mm -hmm. than I did previously. Yeah, definitely. I'm not surprised. I think you don't understand. One doesn't understand how much processing goes on. And when you're not actually engaged in whatever the activity is. And this is why, you know, some people are, uh, including me, mourn the loss of unstructured time for kids because actually things are happening when it seems like they're just pulling grass out of the lawn. They're Mm -hmm. thinking, they're experiencing, they're uh, actually synthesizing things, they're uh, not just doing nothing. And I think the same is true of adults, even though you may be in, in some of my most brilliant thoughts. Now, admittedly, that's a low bar, but some of my <laughs> most brilliant thoughts may come when I'm doing something routine, like washing dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I read an article years ago in the New York times that's really stayed with me that said the real problem with all of the, um, phones and tablets and iPods and everything is just that it's doing something to our brains because we actually need downtime where nothing is happening to process and you don't actually process like your feelings and your thoughts unless you have that time and because we're so connected to something all the time you know you just never have those moments alone with your thoughts to process and so our brains are sort of getting shorted out for lack of uh, a more sophisticated term I suppose no, it's also and right also, um, because I think like some of the things that were going on while we were working on our things, uh, we needed this, yeah, this process time. And for example, I had um, while other people in the house slept very late today, the little German lady was up very early. No, I'm just kidding. But I had a lot of time this morning where I was up uh, and I was the first person and I had like, you know, coffee and dabbled around, read a little bit, wrote a little bit. And, and a lot of things cleared up for me that I was like uh, confused about um, things that happened during uh, making art where I was getting a little bit like annoyed or emotional or whatever and um, I needed this like free time in order to kind of like uh, grab pinpoint what the actual problem was and that was really good and I don't think I if I would have uh, gone going with uh, making art and just like forced myself to work on the project I think uh, it would have been a disaster so yeah that's true. So good. I'm glad. So this is the second time we've talked about um, fighting or things. Well, not it's going a little bit well. exaggerated, right? I'm, I... <laughs> yes, it's a little bit exaggerated. Yes. Not like we actually came to blows. No one needs to worry about right. that. But I mean, it. There actually have been some 
I would say somewhat surprisingly difficult times in this. Um, would you like to talk about some of that, Miss Natalie? Uh, I guess I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that um, I found very interesting was, and I was, um, as Julie pointed out, I just listened back to um, the first half of the bo- podcast because I wanted to see what we actually voiced as our um, of our expectations and our listeners, of course, remember that better than us because they just listened to it, um, was that Julie was saying um, she's very interested in how we um, how we are going to leave our safety zones and if we're going to take something from each other. And I actually voiced um, the uh, fear that I respect Julie's artwork a lot and how I would feel about changing it and how do I make a mark on what she did and how to deal with something she changes then I make something and how to let go and also about the fear that other people or she would evaluate what I'm doing and interesting enough um, the the fears that I was voicing or not the fears that I was like talking about that I was like how you know how to learn how to let go was one of the biggest obstacles for me um, during this process and that was when we were working so we were working at the same time at a table uh, actually uh, facing each other while we were working so we constantly could look at each other while we worked on our uh, little project um, uh, and then when we thought we were done with our own project, we would pass it on. So I would pass my work to Julie. And one of the things was, um, it's funny enough, she mentioned that she brought her deli papers, right? And um, she said that's her cheating tool because it has all her marks on there. And that was actually one of the things that really, um, for lack of a better word, annoyed me because uh, she was really quick with doing some of her work and she got a lot of like visual texture and you know it looked just like very finished and uh it it looked like extremely julie because there were her stencils in there in the deli paper and her colors and her marks and then she added a couple of other things and then she drew like a a very bold uh you know typical julie face on there and then i got the piece and i was like hmm Okay, now now what? And I felt like there was no door open for me to actually like dive into that and and open the door and make my own mark on that. It felt like more. It's Julie. It's wonderful. Uh, it's not mine, and I don't know how to make it mine. Versus when I did my own artwork, uh, my own pieces, I felt very limited through the supplies and I actually do a lot of like texture at home. I'm also a, an extremely slow poke when I do my artwork um, and I work on several pieces at the same time and let things dry and then come back to something. And I, I felt like very, you know, uh, two-dimensional or one-dimensional even it was just like it wasn't me and it I felt like I was just feeding her with backgrounds and not there was no mark anywhere of mine that's what how I felt about that that was one frustration of um what we were talking about so yeah I've talked enough I think (laughs) 
<laughs> I will say that Julie is very fast, works very quickly, because I've taken classes with her. Now, admittedly, she's good at this and I'm not, but she's usually done before anyone else in the class uh, just because she just works quickly. And I think part of it is she makes decisions very quickly. She I doesn't... make decisions too. It's just different because my techniques that I usually use are just, uh, I would say... A, a lot of time and choir are more elaborate. Okay. All I know is I, I'm i usually just trying to figure out what two pieces of paper to stick together and oh, she's no. already done with the project. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, if she brings her deli paper, which is already printed, then <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, I'm not kidding. It's true. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I actually had a very different um, experience of it which I think is natural because of course we're different people. And so, you know, I, I didn't, I was more worried and it happened to me several times. I was actually very concerned about leaving a door open for Natalie. Um, and I tried to do several things cause I realized very quickly that like painting the faces that I like to do, it's just, that's a hard thing for someone to deal with, you know? So then I tried to do flowers. I tried to do general overall patterns. I tried to do, you know, a bunch of stuff. And the funny thing that happens, which Natalie actually pointed out is she was like, she was like, at one point she looked at me and she said, Oh God, not that black marker again. (laughs) It's true because that's like the Julie thing, right? It is. And like, it was interesting. And I was like, real. I, I mean, I know I use a, a strong black line a lot, but she was like, she's like pointed to a bunch of pieces. She's like, look, black outline <laughs> flowers, black stripes, black silhouette. <laughs> I was like, okay, I understand. But so it was really interesting also because at one point we, um, we actually resolved one of the pieces that we passed back and forth. Um, it probably went back and forth. I think we each touched it at least two times, maybe three and we're we've been keeping these written diaries while we've been doing the project and so we try not to talk to each other while stuff is going on write down our thoughts individually and then we talk about it afterwards and i had written how i loved the piece because i thought it was stronger because we had both touched it because there were choices in it i wouldn't have made and how I thought the marks that Nat had added to the background were very different than anything I would have done and that it forced me to do something different than I would have and blah, blah, blah. And so then when we talked about it afterwards, she was like, I, she, she said to me, I don't see myself anywhere in this piece, you know, and I feel like your images are just taking over everything. And I said, that's so funny because I feel the opposite way. And, you know, I, I think that's, one of the really interesting things that came out quite often um, as we were working, which is I would say, oh, my gosh, this is so I love how this happened. And she'd be like, no, or she'd be like, I mean, and I think that's just because we're different. We have different feelings about the way that we make art. And I think it is true also, like um, when we taught a collage class together, one of the things that we discovered is even though our finished products looked very much the same, the processes uh, or the process that we both use to get there is wildly mm-hmm. different, you know? And I think one of the things about working collaboratively in the way that we have is that you're expecting someone to pick up the process in the way that you would, you know? Mm-hmm. 
on both ends. And so it's really surprising. Like I often start with a focal image and then work around it and back through it where I think Nat, you said that you tend to work like background layer, background, background, and then focal image is sort of at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. And so it's an interesting problem. Yeah. And I also thought, um, what I thought very interesting was after this, uh, obstacle when we started to work today uh, on the canvas. So again, we had this like big canvas uh, piece fabric cut out. Uh, I don't know how big it is because I'm from Europe and whatever you do in America, (laughs) I don't know. It's like big. Okay. So (laughs) you can do the measurements, Julie. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably about six foot by five foot maybe. So for, for our usual uh, size that we both work on, that's pretty big. And um, I was actually a little bit scared. And after I was so frustrated, um, and I was like, okay, I, right now I have a blockage and I have a couple of ideas of what I want to do with the individual pieces at home to kind of like put more my mark on and then give it back, but still leave a door open for Julie. So I'm kind of stuck right now into in our, uh, you know, passing on back and forth pieces so but then I was like oh my gosh how is it going to work on a big piece of canvas when we are actually working on it at the same time and I thought it was super interesting what happened today do you want to tell that sure you know I think um we started so Natalie, this is where I always tease her, right? So she, uh, the wonderful thing about working with Natalie is that everything is incredibly organized. The horrible thing about working with Natalie is that everything is incredibly organized. Um, and so, you know, we start, we started this thing and she was like, what are the rules? And I was like, rules, there ain't no rules. Uh, I was like, okay, what would you like the rules to be? And, you know, we started talking about it. And what we ended up doing is I was, I said, we ended up working on two different large pieces of canvas. And I said, okay, why don't we do one that has no rules and one that has some kind of rule? And that was like, okay, great. So the one that had no rules, we just started painting and playing around and, um, you know, color and experimenting and sort of chasing. And it's an interesting thing because somebody's making marks and at the same time you may be painting over their marks because you're we're literally working in the same space. And because of the nature of the table that we were working on, the fact that we're two old ladies who don't want to crawl on the floor, uh, the table's smaller than the canvas. So we had to keep adjusting um, it and only working in like a stripe of the canvas at the time because the table we're working on is a long, thin table. Um, and so, you know, we'd be like, do you want to adjust the the fabric do you want to pull it this way do you want to do whatever and it was just it was it was very interesting and as I said to Natalie I actually she said at first that she didn't necessarily like the fact that she could tell we had been working on a table because the the pieces seemed to not have a single overall composition and I said that I actually liked that fact because I felt like if I were able to see the whole piece I would want to control the composition and this forced me to let go of it which was a really interesting exercise now I certainly can't finish the pieces this way (laughs) but in terms of like working into it and letting go of expectations for me that was kind of a great experience Um, I also remember we were working on the second piece that had rules and the big exciting rule was that we were going to go with a theme so that we were at least working in the same direction together Mm -hmm. Um, 
And actually, you know what? I'm not going to – or I will say the theme. I was going to say make people guess, but we'll just tell them the theme. The theme is jungle. And so – when we were doing it, at one point, I was doing one of my favorite techniques, which is to take deli paper and sort of blot up any excess and then transfer <laughs> some of it to another portion. And Natalie just all of a sudden towards the end goes, okay, I think we should stop. I was like, what? She's like, I got to protect my texture from your damn deli paper somehow. I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so we moved it on and like kept going. But there is this thing that happens where you get very like, it's territorial, both, both territorial. And yet at the same time, trying to leave a door open for the other person. Which I think you know? with so the canvases weird... worked like way better than with the individual pieces that we passed back and forth. And I was surprised that how, how we managed on both canvases to kind of like pick up one clue from the other, you know, and like it was almost like um, it was almost like working hand in hand. I, I mean, we literally, um, you know, put this, we're not done, but we, we literally worked hand in hand. And the funny thing is when I look at the, pieces from my side right now they're as I said both not done I it doesn't it's not Natalie it's not Julie but it's certain I mean we're both in there but it's not like one dominates the other and I find it very interesting what happened there and I would say that these two pieces are like that were today kind of like um, gave me some hope and peace back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, like, A, I, I made myself not use any black paint today, so that may be one. Oh, I see. But, no, but two, I mean, in all seriousness, when you work together on the same canvas, it's like a phone conversation, which is to say, or a person con- in-person conversation, which is to say you can see the other person, you're working with the other person, you can read their body language. Do you know what I mean? When you're working individually and passing things back and forth, it's more like an email mm-hmm. And you know how people say that tone in email is difficult Mm. and having a conversation in email can be difficult because you can't sense body language. You can't tell when somebody is upset or unhappy or joking or whatever, you know? And it's, and I will say again, like I, I think it's, I'm fascinated by the fact that you're frustrated and I'm not. And I wonder, I wonder what that's what that's about you know it's just interesting because i think some of the pieces that we created passing back and forth are wonderful um but maybe that's because i slapped a big face on (laughs) exactly they're like you (laughs) so no no i mean it's not like that i'm like super i think one of the other obstacles that we um kind of both ran into uh was that while i was already kind of like um having problems with adjusting to my own style or find a way into your uh, bolt, bolter, marker. (laughs) Now you know what I mean. It was, um, we had actually uh, several days visits from a very dear friend. Um, We both um, like her a lot, but um, she was, and we invited her, so she was around while we were doing art, and she does art too, and I very appreciate her opinion about art and what she does, and it it was very hard for me all of a sudden because um, I was already kind of like irked 
by the project itself and had problems figuring out why I was not getting into this uh, project, you know, and like, what am I going to do with this piece? It has like Julie's face on there. What are you going to do with your, with a face paint over it? I mean, it's kind of like, how many times do you going to do that? Right. And having an, like, and then having Julie look at me, you know, like what I'm doing, even though you might have not judged me, I felt kind of like judged by what's going to be with the next step. And then having another friend there who is also an artist, even though she wasn't even like playing along with us, I felt totally irked by her uh, presence, not because of her, but because I felt there's more pressure on me. Like somebody else looks at this and thinks, what the heck? This is like Julie's faces. So what's Natalie doing here? You know, and and that was another real I, that was a good lesson uh, that I think that was uh, that I would not I think before I feel comfortable with that, I wouldn't want to have somebody else hanging around uh with us while we're doing that, which, you know, so I think that was a, that was also like kind of hard for me to get into that. But anyway, so. I think we forget what a vulnerable process art making is, you know, and I, I am certainly reminded of it every time I, okay, so this is, this is going to sound weird, but I, I, so I love taking art classes and I take them all the time. Um, Sometimes what happens when I take a art class is either somebody in the class or the teacher will be like a reader of my blog or something and then expect me to know things or sometimes I feel expect a certain level of work for me and I find that very difficult because I look at class as a place to fail, as Mm -hmm. a place to experiment, as a place to not do uh, work that people are impressed with because you're learning and the process of learning is necessarily just like learning to walk, one in which you fall down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think I understand what a vulnerable thing it is to make art and to try something you're not comfortable with. And I think that it's it's easy to forget that even with your close friends, you know, that can still be an enormously vulnerable experience. Mm-hmm. And I think what has shocked me the most about this um, week or these days of making art together has been the fact that, like, we have often made art mm-hmm. together, you and I, in the same mm-hmm. space. I mean, we've taught together, we've hung out together and made art, we've spent days just, you know, sitting around making art. But the thing is, we've never really made art together, meaning we both own have ownership mm-hmm. of the art. And that sort of changes everything because the psychological aspects of this week have been fascinating. And I actually wrote today in my journal, I said, I think this this experience is is going to be a test of our friendship. <laughs> and I mean, not in a bad way, but I mean, I just think it, it, it necessarily mm-hmm. is because you're talking about a really vulnerable thing that we both care a lot about. Right. You know, and it's like, it sounds so silly to someone, but if you make a mark through us, or I'll put it this way. At one point, yeah, was it yesterday, I think, I took a piece that you would pass back to me and I cut it in half. 
And you just looked at me like I had murdered your baby. And I was like, sorry. But it, there is that feeling of like, you know, I, I it's it's your art is separate from you, but it's not. And it's hard to keep it all separate. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's funny because I was writing about that, too, that if I look at if I look at your art and it's like your art, you know, I love the pieces that you do, do right? And the, if I, like, look at your, like, like one of the things where you painted a face on there, I'm like, this is gorgeous. But then if I think about it as being part of my artwork, too, I'm like, the big, big, bold lines might irk me or, you know, some marks that you did there with a certain color. And it's funny because you become, you be, you criticize in a way the work, but not because you criticize the other person's artwork or craftsmanship, you know, it's because it's how it fits into your style too, right? And the other person then has to be like, has to know that this is not a personal attack. And that's, I think like, that's one of the things that was like probably harder for me, um, because you made a bigger bolter mark on your <laughs> No, I think that was that's indeed like one of the things that where we but I think because we're working mostly um most of the times in our studios, I mean this was like our test or starting week and um we had to figure it out if it works at all. And I think actually it was a good point because like right in the beginning, we have this, we had these experiences and I always think that it's actually not bad to have like maybe the worst experiences in the first, in the first, in the first place. And then you kind of like can work it out, you know? Yeah. And I will also say this, which is, I think there were, um, I, several times things came up where I was like, oh, Natalie, that's stupid. Why did you do that? I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I was thinking. And then later I was like, oh, God, that was the right decision. She was right, you know, when I was looking at it later. Mm-hmm. And I think there were several instances where I wrote something down where I was like, oh, I hate the way the blah, blah. And then later I was like, no, no, it's brilliant. I love it. And I think that that that's the thing that excites mm-hmm. me the most about this project. That's the thing that makes me want to push through whatever difficulties there are, because I think the letting go of ego, mm-hmm. the um, letting go of competitiveness, the willingness to be vulnerable and to take risks and make choices that you wouldn't like and embracing that stuff. Like I think that can only make each of us a better and stronger artist I mean and not to make things like totally insane but potentially person Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um I would not say that flexibility is like the very number one best trait in either of us Mm -hmm. so I think it's definitely gonna be a very interesting year just based on learning those kinds of things because I'm already I already feel like there are like five or six things that I'm definitely taking Mm -hmm. back to my studio in New York with me from what we did so why don't we talk about what each of you is going to take back from this experience oh good natalie you go no you mentioned it you go first (laughs) (laughs) in the meantime i can think about it (laughs) 
There you go. Um, well, the first thing is, you know, I've always, always, always wanted to work really large, but had a lot of trouble figuring out how I could do that without a wall big enough to hang a large canvas on. And I think what we really worked out um, here this week was we t- we bought an enormous roll of primed canvas, and then we cut it into some bigger some big chunks, and then we basically have been working on a table on sections of it. And I'm thinking, gosh, I can do that at home. Mm-hmm. There's no reason I can't do that. So that means I really could work on a six foot you know piece. It's just it has to be a piece of unmounted um, canvas to do that. So that's definitely something I'm taking back with me. Um, the second thing is I tend to, as previously discussed, work very quickly. And I know that about myself and I have found particularly, um, with either the pieces that have swapped back and forth between us several times or the two larger pieces that we're currently working on that I'm, I like the many more layers and I need to stop trying to get to the end so quickly. I think sometimes I know where I'm going or I see something that's interesting and I sort of jump on it right away. And maybe sometimes I need to let some things develop a little bit further along. I also think the interesting thing about working larger that I've learned is that um, it just allows you to create those layers more easily. I think when I'm working in a journal or I'm working on a 12 by 24 canvas or something like that, there just isn't the space to allow there to be, you know, 500 layers. But when you're working on a six foot canvas, there is somehow, there, it feels less crowded, less insane. You don't have to use like tiny tools to get, you know, different kinds of marks. Um, the other thing is I, I feel like Natalie did some really fantastic things with a skewer it sounds (laughs) silly but truly like she did some really fantastic things with a skewer and that just reminds me how often I get um, my hand welded to my paintbrushes and I need to go for some more mark making tools because you were also using a fan brush which I never use a fan brush you also use a lot a palette knife a lot which I never use um well I don't never use it I do sometimes but I think I really want to explore more um, mark making, not just on my jelly plate and not just as a stamp, but really painting with unusual tools. So mm-hmm. I think that's sort of off the top of my head right now. That's definitely what I'm taking away, and and I may, I may think on it and add something later. How about you? Um, definitely. I mean, I like to create texture with different mark making tools. So. Um, but what I um, discovered on working on a bigger canvas surface for me was like how different it actually feels and that the marks are more prominent and uh, way more, um, how do you say, uh, they make a mark. <laughs> no, but like um, I did some of the things, uh, actually I tested them or f- found them like some fun things while we were working on those individual pieces the other days. And then when I, I'm looking at the same techniques that I then used on the big canvas, it's just like a total difference, different experience and it uh, looks very different. So I think I want to work uh, more on a bigger size, which is great because I have two gigantic 
to canvases at home, which I ordered because I don't know the sizes in America. And they didn't turn out to be that small as I thought they would be. They turned out to be bigger than the pieces that we worked on today. So I have a great uh, starting point to do more mark making things. And then the other thing, um, I'm actually now after this successful day today, um, I'm also very um, excited about doing some of the usual stuff that I uh, do and then see how Julie reacts to it. But also, um, I have some ideas now on what I'm going to do with Julie's pieces that she left me. Um, I think this, like, because one of the obstacles for me was, like, uh, her faces are very big. <laughs> like, they, you know, she's not going to, if you don't know her work, she's not painting, like, t teeny tiny faces on a huge, big, of big paper. But, um, it gives me a new possibility to work on that. So, Julie, I will come with a huge, gigantic canvas in the path next time to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so, Mom, you've been in the house with us. Do you have any observations or thoughts? No, I've actually tried to stay out of it, although people should understand. They've been on the third floor, and when I went up there today... Everything is covered with plastic. It looks like one of those scenes in that TV show Dexter where Dexter is about to carve somebody up and murder them and he covers everything with plastic so the blood won't get all over everything. And it just has this weird kind of laboratory feeling, which is kind of interesting. Well, we were so scared of getting any paint in your house. We're more scared of you than anything. Exactly. That's, as it, that's as it should be. <laughs> Is that the only observation? Yeah, I think it's been a lot of fun for me to hear you talking about it. But I think it's important to remember this is only the beginning. Mm -hmm. This few days is the beginning of a project that you actually, t the two of you have planned to do for a year. Mm -hmm. So we'll be watching and listening and seeing uh, if at the other end something different comes out. We're not talking to each other anymore, Eileen. <laughs> Well, I'll always talk to you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm still talking. I to do you. think you have to be able to communicate well with another person in order to do this. That's true. You know, I mean, you'll have frustrations you'll want to communicate, but also, uh, I just think the basis of being able to work together is communication. And if you don't have that, don't try it with someone because it's clear to me that a lot of resentments can build up. Well, we, I think that was actually good because uh, in the beginning we had uh, we kind of like decided we won't talk about it. And I feel it was very important to um, journal about our feelings and thoughts first. And then it was actually very important to talk about some of the things uh, before we went to bed. And I think um, I would say that was um, – we should – definitely keep that conversation open to voice like some of the concerns and because you know my re reality doesn't have to be your re reality and it's good to kind of like um get a grip on it and and think through it so yeah the other thing is it's been uh when julie was a, a stage director she often worked with uh playwrights who were writing new plays 
And part of the process is that the play is not set until the first performance mm -hmm. and that the people may not know that the playwright and the director have a lot of mutual uh, work that they do together on the play. And this somewhat reminds me of that process. And when you said, Julie, that you have to learn to step back from your ego, I know I've heard you say that before what, working with playwrights. So it's not too dissimilar from that. You're producing a whole something with two, from two different people's visions. And so I think at some level you've had experience with this before. Yeah, I mean, I've also had a lot of experience in being wrong. Like, I remember when my editor shared the um, book cover that the graphic designer had come up with for my book, Carstan Play, and I was like, I hate it. I hate everything about it. There's not a single thing I like about it. And she was like, well, we think it's really strong. And I was like, well, I hate it. And she was like, too bad. <laughs> and then I can't tell you the number of people who have said to me, I love the cover of your book. It's so different than anything's out there. I think it's fantastic. And I've been like, wow, you know, I think it's interesting that I was – so wrong mm -hmm. you know about that and and I looking at it now I still hate it not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that for other people it is the right cover you know and I think there are other things like that where you sometimes other people do know better than you or sometimes you learn from somebody else's perspective and things change over time and I think I'm um really excited mm -hmm. to see what happens. And I think the good news is that I think Nat and I are good enough yes. friends that we can talk about feelings and can survive being angry at each other. And, you know, what I actually wrote in my book when I said, I think this is going to, you know, test our friendship <laughs> uh -huh. because, well, what I said is I think it gives us two options, which is either we end up breaking up, so to speak, over this, or we end up being significantly better friends and much closer because you necessarily have mm -hmm. to when you fight through this kind of stuff. Well, if you become closer friends, then we'll have the closing podcast a year from now. And if there's radio silence, then people should uh, uh, <laughs> take that as a message. I don't there think that's going to happen, to be honest. Start, start, start looking for the bodies. Right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, so I'm excited to see what happens. You're excited to see what happens. So let's wrap this up and say, Nat, where can um, people find you online if they want to go look at They can find me on my website. It's uh, Natalie's, uh, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E-S, studio, one word, dot com. And mother, is there anything you would like to say in clothing? In clothing. In closing? <laughs> no, but I'm today. assuming you'll clean up upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wrap yes, everything we into the plastic. Right, and just dump it. And dump it. <laughs> Uh, and as always, you can find me at ballserdesigns.typepad.com and do leave us your comments or questions at ballserdesigns.com backslash arting. We'd love to hear from you. And if you tweet about the show, please use the hashtag pound arting podcast. That's A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And if you'd like to follow the adventures of um, Natalie and Julie, we are hashtagging stuff on Instagram with the hashtag NJArtCollab. That's N-J-A-R-T. C-O-L-L-A-B. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast.